Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about creating brand awareness. We will cover some specific examples by writing a book so it can help and uh, to grow your business and go ahead. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Azul Teranas. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. I check out your profile. You have extended experience. Love it. So especially, <laughs> no, I, I, I enjoy discussing uh, topics with book offers because you know i can feel much better skills uh, they can share some foundation of human psychology i know you are best-selling offer book coach uh, book brand strategies uh, and may, many many other rewards before we start just tell more about your self-experience background and why you decided to share with us about creating brand awareness yeah well thanks for having me again so i spent 25 years as an educator i was a teacher i was a principal i was a professor so before shifting into entrepreneurship and helping helping people build their brand through their books. Um, I spent my life there helping people in different ways. Um, really things shifted for me uh, when I wrote my first book. Writing a book builds such an incredible authority that it's more powerful than a degree, more powerful than um, certifications you might get because everyone, even a child, knows what a book is. And books yeah. have been around for thousands of years. And, you know, the popular ideas that happen in books are something we're very familiar with. So building a brand with a book was something that I was really excited about and allowed me to grow quickly and become known by people that I used to only listen to on their podcasts or mm -hmm. just connect with them, you know, casually, but to be able to be uh, in their world and their circle and leap into their kind of world, being an author allowed me to do that. So building your brand around what messages you're creating is really useful a lot of times we're building a brand around what we know you might know a lot yeah. about seo you might know marketing you might know things about uh, legal parameters of business whatever it is but what makes you an authority often is what you write about what you're known yeah. for and a book is a great way to do that uh, you can repurpose that content over and over again you can talk about it um, so the other thing i've done is help lots of big influencers write books um, people like Pat Flynn from the Smart Passive Income Podcast. I was his book coach and we wrote, uh, we worked on a book called Will It Fly? Um, that was a, U a USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestseller, I think. Um, I was able to use my book as leverage to become a TEDx speaker. And that TEDx has 3 million views. So there's lots of things that using a book can do for your brand to accelerate your pace um, to be well known. So that's what I do. I help people find their message through their books and use it as leverage to build their brand. Nice. Love it. Love it. You know, I, I'm passionate about reading books. I love it. And uh, I had time when I overwatched TV. Then I decided to change all these attitudes. And today I over reading books, you know, <laughs> not over watching TV. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think is the, the best way for TV set uh, is a trash can. You know, you can put there to this place because uh, books cost less but can provide a lot of skills and knowledge i found one interesting thing 
you know, uh, book offers usually good with uh, sharing stories. Uh, can you tell your method how to share story uh, and uh, provide uh, more information about your books, benefits? Because uh, I know my audience loves reading books as well, but you know, most of them complain. They have no time to read books. So uh, we have a bunch of books, a lot of books. Some of them are great for sleep, you know, when you uh, have the problem with sleeping, so you can read and sleep well all night uh, and don't remember anything from that. Can you <laughs> tell about benefits that people can get by reading your books, uh, uh, how it can help to decide people's problems, uh, to lead them in the right direction? Yeah. Well, let's start first with the first question. What, how do you tell a story in a book? How do you get yeah. a compelling book um, to hook us in and keep us reading, keep us remembering the topic? Remember, we were built as humans collectively as a species to pass down our knowledge through stories. So it was only a few hundred years ago that we were actually able to have the printing press when Gutenberg really advanced the printing of books so that every person could have access to books in libraries. But before then, only the elite, only very wealthy or people of the clergy had access to books. So the common people didn't know much about anything unless it was passed down through stories. So stories are a part of our DNA as humans. It's how we survived when we knew what plants we should eat and not eat, where we should go find water, the best hunting areas. Those all came from stories that were passed down from one generation to the next. So we're built to understand story. So number one, the books that you remember most, you probably remember a story that was told or a connection yeah. that was made. Very important inside of a book that you use story as a way to hook people to remember your topic. You probably all have books you purchased, you put by your nightstand at night, maybe even read some, but never finished. You had good intentions, you liked the topic, but you didn't finish the book. Oftentimes that comes from the fact that people tried to become teachers too quickly in a book. We need to trust you. We need to know you. We need to connect with you. Then I might learn from you. Too many people want to jump in in a book and try to teach people stuff. I'm not sure I'm ready to learn from you unless I know I, I know you. I, I can rely on you. So stories are a great way. Your stories, the stories of others. So I encourage people to become better storytellers in general. Um, mm -hmm. And what you can learn from books is phenomenal. I mean, like you said, you you can learn from ancient philosophers. You can learn from uh, you know, professors from universities. You can learn from advanced marketers about topics that you can consume by just picking up a book. So it's very valuable and it helps build brand awareness because if they believe in you, they're going to go look at your website. They're going to look at your social and see what else does this person have to offer. So your book is an entryway, a very inexpensive entryway for people to get to know you so that they want to know more. Yeah, love it, love it. Okay, and let's talk about your books. Can you tell what kind of benefits uh, people can get by reading your books? Uh, just give a solid reason uh, why I need to submit this book to my list because, you know, I have a huge list, a, hu a huge list, but uh, I definitely want to get a solid reason, you know, to put this book uh, on my list or all yeah. your books. You know, one of the books that I think that was the most impactful for me was The Art of Apprenticeship. The reason that book was so... Um, such a passion project for me was because I wanted to leave education, but I didn't know how, you know, it was 2000, probably 12 when I started thinking about leaving education, things like YouTube and, and 
and Instagram were still fairly new, which is kind of sounds weird, even though they were kind of up and coming, they were still new. So leaping into anything online seemed very scary at the time for me. I know it seems silly now, but the book, the book Art of Apprenticeship, the idea was how do I make a leap to do what I love online, find a mentor and make a living doing what I love. And what I realized is the art of apprenticeship was in the old ways, let's say, you know, a few hundred years ago, if I wanted to learn a skill, I probably didn't go to a university. I would go to a trade school or I would go to a master craftsman or a craftsperson and maybe a blacksmith or, or a, a sword maker, whatever. And I would become their apprentice. And what that really meant was you'd go serve people. <laughs> Look, hey, I made a mess. You clean it up. You deliver this product. You stay late and greet customers. You you prepare the fire. That's what an apprentice did. They got to learn the craft by watching the master. They got to learn the craft by maybe picking up a scrap here and there and practicing. And then maybe we're given the chance to try a very low-level thing. And over time, you became an apprentice to journeyman and then the master, right? This is a very old way of doing things, but I thought it was very applicable. So I went in search of who do I want to be an apprentice of so that I can learn from them, so I could be in their world. Of course, I thought about Tim Ferriss. I was like, ooh, wouldn't that be great? I thought about Pat Flynn, my current mentor. I thought about people I admired, Chris Gillibo, um, those sorts of people. And I realized I could read their books. I could listen to their podcasts. But if I really wanted to learn from them, I had to be of service. So that's what that book's about. How do you become, how do you pick a mentor, someone you really admire to get them to mentor you? It isn't through asking them or anything like that. It's about service. So that book really helped me because that's how I built my mentorships around these wonderful people. Um, how I got to be very, in very short period of time, become amongst the peers of people I used to just admire because I became of service. So that's what that book's about. It's a short book, but it's really very simple premise. And I think if people stop trying to take from people and start giving, they'll find their, their ability to have access to very high level people can happen very quickly. Nice, nice. Uh, guys, I'll submit the link uh, in the description below. I'm going to read this book because, yeah, I want to know more about that. <laughs> I'm passionate about this topic as well. Uh, uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, writing a book uh, for the sake of growth business, you know, to create brand awareness. You know, for example, when I read uh, some books from, I don't know, like Jack London, yeah, I can't stop reading him, you know, uh, mm. any book, if I take his books, I can read like eight hours without any stop, without, uh, I can forget about water, about eating, about anything, because I can live in this story, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, they are great, you know, uh, uh, but about business books it's hard you know for me it's hard you know to uh, have the same attention mm -hmm. uh, i know it's valuable it's useful so i keep reading them but it's not the same experience like uh, reading adventure books from jack london uh, can you tell uh, how to retain uh, readers longer because i check out one study that uh, uh, people usually read uh, on the average like 5% of books, you know, 5% and drop it, you know, bounce uh, and go uh, to another direction. It's hard to retain them longer. Can you tell how to read excitement books? You know, uh, let me share one more story. Uh, once I uh, spoke with uh, Jim Edwards. 
uh, he was ex top manager uh, of Business Insider, and they told about the success why uh, Business Insider could achieve uh, because of creating non-boring content in boring niche. You know, uh, so uh, after that, uh, they could uh, grow company from scratch uh, to, uh, if I remember correctly, they sold company like 500 million dollars, thousand employees. Yeah, they achieved a lot of success because mm -hmm. of writing uh, non-boring text. So uh, can you tell about business books, how I can write the same text uh, to retain audience, to give them experience and, you know, uh, to catch them until the end? Right. Great, great questions. Two things. Number one, some of those books that you referenced, those business books that probably are very helpful as far as what they share, um, but are, aren't as interesting, is mass market books, meaning books that are for a larger audience. They tend to write it for, for a big spectrum of people, business people, uh, ordinary people, entrepreneurs, but they, they make it so that it covers all those people. Well, I don't need to be proven with a bunch of links and research to believe something because I'm not going to go validate that research. We're just trained from school that we need to research things. Doesn't mean research isn't valuable, but I'm less interested on what the research says. I'm more interested in what you say. I bought the book to hear from you. Stories that are compelling and interesting keep us turning the page. One of the best business authors I think that does this is Malcolm Gladwell. He does a beautiful job of taking boring research and turning it into beautiful stories that you want to keep reading. The key to it is the book is not about what you know. The book is about convincing the reader. Why, why does this matter? And what is this you're talking about? I need very little how to, if I need to know, if I want to do how to, there's 40 different ways to learn how to do something quicker than this book. I could go to YouTube. I could listen to podcasts. But if I believe I can do it or that it's possible for me, I might actually keep reading. So finding books that have enough interest for you probably need books that have a story for you, story that, that engages the reader, story so you don't want to put it down. It's a, it's a technique, right? If I leave you hanging on the end of a chapter and says, you know, the next chapter, I'm going to show you how I did make that $10,000 in a single hour. Well, of course, I'm going to turn the page because I want to know how did you make that $10,000 in a single hour. <laughs> but most people miss very simple techniques. Keep, those are from fiction, cliffhangers. What's happening next? Tune in next week when, right? That's why we binge watch Netflix because they leave us hanging. Oh, the next one. Well, well, you can do that with your writing about business, but use stories as a motivator. Use your own life or the life of people you've helped to keep us interested and blown away and excited. And don't tell us more than we need to have. Like, why do I want to read about something that's something I don't need? The reason you like fiction is it keeps you in the story the whole time and you just can't. Time disappears. Um, mm -hmm. And some other ways that people do that, they listen to audiobooks because they just, their attention's smaller, you know, their attention. And so they listen to audiobooks. Sometimes I'll listen to audiobook because it's really fun. I can speed read, so it helps, but audiobooks are sometimes just entertaining if the author does a good job of telling good stories. Yeah, interesting. Uh, by the way, I love uh, listening to audiobooks. I love reading books because in most cases, uh, I listen to audiobooks when I'm walking with my dogs, exercising, you know, yeah. <laughs> driving to some places. Yeah, uh, that's a good way, you know, to save your time by reading 
by learning something new. Uh, and you mentioned about, uh, you know, uh, about like simplicity. Uh, can you tell um, how to write uh, books without using, uh, I don't know, like hard written sentences, uh, terminology and many other stuff? Because, you know, uh, uh, if, for example, I see the same issue uh, in uh, online content when you create content people if it's hard they bounce you know uh, without any regret they can do it for a few seconds you know and forget yeah. about your content so simplicity is key but when it's simple when it's digestible they can go ahead with your content to consume it can you tell about simplicity in writing books yeah i think most people aren't aware that most really successful books and publications are written at a very low grade level for example the writer John Grisham, he writes a lot of books like The Firm and uh, books like that. You know, they're fiction. He writes his books at a sixth grade level. The story, the, the content is adult in nature, but the reading level is very low. The New York Times never written above an eighth grade level, even the most complicated articles. They do that intentionally. Why? They don't want people to be discouraged and put it down. They want you to read the content so you read the ad so they can stay in business. So they never put it higher. Usually it's like sixth or seventh grade, but never higher than eighth grade. Most people are just not thinking about the reader. They're thinking about themselves. Simple writing comes from just explaining what do you mean. This isn't poetry or literature that's trying to win a prize and the best sculpted English language sentence or whatever language you're writing in. They need to know the information you're sharing. Make it easy. Don't make them struggle with a word. Yeah. Don't. I know you don't want to sound like an idiot. You don't want to sound stupid. You know. But there's no reason if you can't explain the idea to a fifth grader, it's probably too complex. Mm -hmm. It has <laughs> to be simple. Simplicity is the hardest thing to do, though, because if you're writing, you're probably an expert. You probably have a lot of knowledge, and you probably have very little patience for someone's lack of knowledge. But you have to return to that simple place and go. If I were going to explain this to a fifth grader, what would I say? And more than likely, the person who gets it will read right through it. But the person who needs a little extra time to understand, they're going to appreciate you and thank you. And what? Stay on your page. Stay in your book. Turn the page. So stop trying to prove yourself. This isn't high school. This isn't college. You don't need to prove to the professor <laughs> you have big words in your mind. Just tell them what they need to know. Yeah, awesome, awesome, valuable. Uh, okay, let's talk about how to learn readers before uh, writing a book. Because, um, you know, in marketing, we have interesting quote, if you sell to anyone, you sell to no one. I think it's the same, you know, with writing mm -hmm. book. When you write a book and don't know about your readers, it's hard, you know, to get uh, success with that. Can you tell about uh, how you gather information about your uh, future readers and consider in your books? Right. Two things. Number one, just like in business, create a really clear avatar about who your reader is. Where are they? What's their age? What's their background? How much information do they have about this? Um, what are they struggling with? What fears do they have? If you don't know your reader that well, then you should stop writing and figure them out because you can't speak to them if you're only casually talking about a topic. If I'm reading a book and they call out something and it feels like they're talking directly to me, I keep reading because I go, oh my gosh, they're, this is for me. So the same principle applies. A book for everyone is a book for no one. So the other thing you have to do is ask yourself as the author, 
who am I trying to attract to my world? Just because it's simple and it's not written in complex language doesn't mean you want to attract just anybody. You need to think, who do I want to spend time with? Who are my favorite clients? Not the clients just that bring money because not some of those clients are a pain in the butt. You want to think about who are the people I want to attract to me. And those kinds of decisions help you write specifically for that person. So they, when they read it, they go, oh my gosh, this is for me. And when you write, if you're only thinking about writing to one person, make up their name, Johnny, Bill, Susie, then you never have to worry about every conversation you could have. You could just focus on this avatar you created. If mm -hmm. Susie's a middle-aged housewife trying to make money selling on Etsy, that's a different conversation than a former CEO trying to create an online presence. Different conversations, you're going to speak to them differently. But doesn't mean that other people won't buy it. They're going to think that you're writing it to them too. It's your author tone and voice that will come out. You ever read a newsletter that sounds like generic in your email? Or it sounds like the marketer's talking. You're like, oh God, this is just... But it, And then you read an email from somebody that just feels like they're talking to you, like letting you peek into their private life. You feel like you get to know them. That's the same thing you want from a book. You want to feel like you're getting to know the person who's teaching you. And that is a really great way to create connection. This, this book writing is not about words. Books aren't words. They're ideas that are held by words. Your ideas are more valuable than your words. So stick by your ideas. What's the main idea? What's the point? Why are you teaching this? When you have that in mind, you'll be able to speak to that avatar and they'll feel like you get them totally. And that's the, that's the thing. You have to be clear about who you're talking to. Nice. Nice. Love it. Love it. Okay. Let's talk about, you know, once I got the question. Yeah. Uh, from uh, someone uh, who uh, listens my audio podcast and he asked me if I listen all your episodes can I be a good marketer I replied to him you can't you can't because you know uh, education learning uh, are far away from doing you know uh, mm -hmm. just do something just practice uh, and for me like uh, I love learning but I spend 20% of my time by learning and 80% of time I'm doing Uh, I'm acting uh, because uh, you can read a hundred books how to uh, write a book, but <laughs> if you don't write, you can't be successful with that. So mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about uh, writing, how to improve improve writing skills, how to act. Because, you know, many people are busy with many uh, things to do, especially about in business world when we need to develop and innovate our products. Can you tell how you schedule your time by writing? Uh, how long uh, you usually do it? You know, mm -hmm. of course, it depends. But uh, do you have some discipline or a schedule how to improve writing skills and provide any tips about that? Yeah. Great questions. So true. You can learn a little bit from, from a book. You learn a lot more from doing because doing is where you fail and that's where you learn. And that's the, that's the thing that you need. I don't teach people how to write. Writing is not a difficult task. It's putting one word in front of the other. I teach people how to craft a message that helps amplify their brand. And a lot of that comes from the discipline you need to write. So most people, when they think of writing a book, they think of it's hard. It takes a long time. You see a book, you're like, I don't know how I'd fill a book with my words. That seems like I haven't written a paper since high school. Why would I, I, you know, I write emails, I write blogs, but books seem like a long process. Well, 
That's true. But most people, what they call writing, just like what they call marketing, is them thinking about it, researching, <laughs> reading. That's not writing. Those are other things. Yeah. The biggest mistake is that people count the activities that aren't writing as writing. And so that's why it feels like it's hard. Well, I've been writing this book for three months. You have. How much do you have? 40 words. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're not writing a book. You, you are researching, editing. You're doing other things. We're trained in our schooling to be editors. Why? Because I want to pass the class. Tell me what I need to do to edit this paper to get the grade. So we spend all of our time editing to a outcome. We don't know how to just sit and write. We don't know how that process even feels. Most of us hated writing papers for school and we avoided it to the night before. We did the very best we could, but we delayed it. That's a habit we've developed over the time because schools made us hate writing. That's my impression. If you're good at English, you still may not love writing. Doesn't mean just because you're good at a language skill means you're, you love writing. So my habit, what do I do? Well, I only write an hour a day and I write it. Sometimes I'll write a book in a month. People are like, how did you do it? You only spend an hour a day? And I said, that's right. I said, because you think that writing is hard and that you should be doing lots of things. Writing is just one word after the other. And I set a word count goal. And I say, well, I want to write a book that's 50,000 words, which is the average length of a book. Then I say, well, how many words do I need to write in a day to hit that? Well, 1,680 words. How long does it take me to write? To write that, well, I write 28 words in a minute. Then if I did that for 60 minutes, at the end of 30 days, I will have finished my book. That's how I do it. It's not that complicated. Yeah. The resistance, though, that people, the fear, that's what most people associate with writing. A lot of my job as a coach is helping them get rid of the fear or at least to realize the fear is the fuel. It's not the thing that they need to worry about. So my habits are very simple. I write an hour a day. I might write my 1500 words in the first hour and I might have to come back and finish but I don't sit in the cabin I don't have time to lock myself away on an island I have work to do <laughs> I have a life to live <laughs> and I write books and you know 11 months ago I've written three books how is it possible because I I, I, I I use the craft of discipline and I also don't get caught up in researching you know you've met all these young entrepreneurs they want to be entrepreneurs and what have they done they've done nothing they've been thinking about it and that's the problem with writers too they just think too much yeah yeah love it uh, uh once i check out a study that 90 percent of people can't lose weight uh and i see the same uh issue with any other niches and um, i think the best coaches can't help uh people to lose weight they need to uh, understand uh, how to lose weight like to train hard to eat healthy food uh, to rest many other stuff it's the same with writing books you know for example uh, uh i often speak with masters and ask them why you didn't create this content he replied to me you know i didn't have time uh, my son birthday uh, other party it's not about birthday party it's more about you know some excuses why they can't do it uh, or distractions that they have uh, can you tell how you overcome such obstacles because you told that you uh, you don't lock you <laughs> in some island uh, tell about uh, finding the time when uh, distractions don't disturb you and you can do uh, or focus attention in your job <laughs> yeah part of it is people like i said they think that writing is other things i only count my writing is 
words on a page. I don't mm -hmm. use thinking. If I need to think, that's not writing. So if I need to plan my book, that's not writing. It's only the times where I'm putting one word after the other. So I have to be really clear. There's different activities. Pre-writing, planning, that's not writing, but that's still important. So break in the activities into smaller pieces so you're not overwhelmed. Secondly, for example, that first book, Art of Apprenticeship, I was distracted by the computer and shiny objects just like everyone else. So I wrote that book by hand on a pad because every time I sat at the computer, I thought, oh, I should look this up. <laughs> oh, you know, oh, what's on Facebook? Oh, ooh, what? let me check the score of the game. Like total distraction. So some people will disconnect their internet from their computer. Some people, I wrote that book on, you know, a pad of paper and then went and translated it later onto the page. But I think more than anything, create a habit that triggers your mind to say, this is writing time. This is nothing else. For me, yeah. uh, every other screen's turned off. There's only the blank page. Um, I listen to the same music. I know it sounds boring, but I listen to Mozart. Mozart has a certain cadence that is proven to have a certain the same rhythm as your heart and a very steady pace. So I listen to Mozart. It triggers my mind that this is writing. Not that I wouldn't listen to Mozart while cooking, but I, I usually don't. <laughs> uh, so it triggers my brain. It fools my brain. Oh, this is intense writing time. There's nothing else going on now. And when I turn it off, my brain is free to roam all over the place. But during that time, focus only on that. And also then your environment. For some people, it's the same environment every day. For other people, it's a different environment every day. So you got to know yourself well enough to know, did I do the work I said I'd do in this hour? And also don't count, don't think that your writing takes time. Uh, the great author, um, Gay Hendricks, talked about this in his book called The Big Leap. He says, there's something called Einstein time. He goes, most people think that time is against them. They don't understand that they create time. They create time. And once you realize you create time, you'll never run out of it, which is a mind-blowing concept. Think about it, though. You know, have you been in a place when you were in flow, like you just lost time? You're like, I don't know if it's been five minutes or five hours. I was in my thing. I was in my zone. You know, some people it's video games. Some people it's reading. Some people it's doing sports. It doesn't matter. Well, that time that passed in an instance, you're like, well, how did that happen? Well, because you were in control of time. The same thing can happen when you're working. You have to realize the more I, I get anxious about not having time, the more I give up time. So you have to just use the tools that you have. Your mind is very powerful, but don't let it trick you. You have to take control of it. And so I think for me, I, I, I show my clients how they can write a book if they had just eight minutes a day. In six months, you can write a book. But most people think, oh, I don't have the time. I was like, do you have eight minutes? Yeah. I said, you have time. <laughs> I said, you just believe you don't. You just believe that it's hard. You have all these beliefs that you have to let go of. And you're very distracted. So if you're distracted, eight minutes, I could stand on my head if you paid me for eight, like eight minutes. Yeah, I could stand on my head for eight minutes. Might be hard, but I could do it. But writing, of course, I can write for eight minutes. Like I'll set a timer and I write. I don't think, I don't research, I don't chat, I don't email. Write. You'll be surprised how much you get done. Set a timer for two minutes, write as fast as you can, and then count your words and then figure out how many words can I write in a minute. Multiply that by 60, you'll find how much you can write an hour. You'll be blown away by how many words you can write and how little time you've actually ever been writing you've just been thinking instead of writing so don't think in your head think on the page and you'll become a writer very quickly you remind me 
Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, when uh, he replied. Uh, the question was uh, actually about uh, why uh, he still uh, goes to gym uh, in his age. And he replied, okay, why you are breathing? Why you are uh, cleaning your teeth? You know, <laughs> it's habit. You know, so yeah, <laughs> you need to create a habit. You know, it's discipline. Yeah. If you have this habit, yeah, it's like your discipline. You know, you can go ahead with that. Yeah, and if you if you have a shorter attention span or shorter ability of time, eight minutes is still enough time to write a book in six months. So nobody has an excuse of time. I I, I promise you, I, I I didn't have any more time than anybody else. What yeah. I had was a plan <laughs> and a simple system. And I had, I was the person that for 24 years talked about writing a book. I had, I had articles saved. I had titles. I had partially started books, but I finished none of them until I got a plan. And then I wrote that first book, Art of Apprenticeship in 30 Days, because I finally realized mm -hmm. I've been just thinking about a book, talking about, it. I'm not really writing. That's the problem. And once I did that, I was like, oh, so I've been fooling myself all this time thinking I was writing a book when I was just sort of doing other things. And I think once I shifted that, that's when everything changed for me. And I'm not saying some books are hard because I've had one book I worked on for four years and it's still not done. Part of it is I, I'm so distracted by other things, like you said, but it's not a book for my business. And so it's easy for me to, to put it on the side, put it on the side. But I, it's not the words that are a problem. It's not the number of words on a page. It's my distractibility or my fear or whatever it is that isn't, has nothing to do with writing. And that's true about business. The reason you're not making successful in business probably has less to do with the fact that you don't have something to offer it's that you're afraid that what you offer isn't good enough and so you don't yeah. do it so valuable uh, uh let me share one more story about my son you know he's uh, uh, 12 years old and he posted content uh, on tiktok and stop i asked him what's going on he replied to me uh, because of hating he got a lot of hating comments uh, he's not uh, he's not good enough i don't know m many uh, something like this and uh, i read a story from seth godin one of the best marketers um, who uh, shared that he stopped uh, reading uh, reviews on amazon since 2011 so mm -hmm. more than 11 years ago uh, because he can't satisfy anyone even the best books have uh, one star uh, rating uh, because uh, people uh, don't understand and you can uh, write book for everyone uh, can you tell uh, about uh, hating because you know i see when hating can stop people to start doing something they uh, fear that uh, people won't like it uh, uh, won't accept it uh, and uh, i see uh, the same issue uh, i don't remember exactly the number but it's like uh, most people uh, most content creators don't uh, record the second episode of podcast don't write the second article don't write uh, i don't know don't film the second video because they can't get results from the first one and people uh, dislike it can you tell more about that? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would use a couple of examples, but the words of Gary Vee come to mind. You just, you're just not patient enough. Be patient for one. That's the hardest part. The other thing is about haters. Um, I when I did the TED talk and it started to have a lot of views, maybe maybe not a lot, a hundred thousand views, which maybe that's a lot of views. But as it started to grow in views people started to hate, you know, saying nasty, negative things. I was so mad. And I talked to my friend, Charlie Hohen. And Charlie, not a lot of people know Charlie, but Charlie was Tim Ferriss's first employee. 
and mm-hmm. he was a part of the big book launch of um the four hour uh body i think the four hour chef those books he helped a lot with that he was so he's been he's been around books and book marketing and i asked him about haters and about this he said he learned something valuable for tim he said one learn from them engage them don't shun them don't push them away that's one way it could go um and the other thing is do what seth does ignore them don't worry about them don't care um I got really angry when I saw these posts because it was really, it had nothing to do about the topic. It was about me personally, how I spoke, Mm -hmm. which, you know, if you, you know, take it personal that some people might criticize how you speak. And I wrote a really nasty comment. I'm like, that's terrible. You don't know. And and then I deleted it. I was like, that's not okay. And then somebody else posted a comment on the haters comment saying, Hey, why don't you, when you get a Ted doc posted here and let us judge you. And I was like, wow, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, but, so I just, they took, it took care of itself. And so, yeah, you have to kind of, I like Seth Godin, just ignore it. Don't look. It's, it's not very valuable to you. It's, it, if it's, they're all good, it just messes with your ego. If they're all bad, it does the same thing. So what's the benefit? There's not a lot of benefit there. Um, so I tend to try not to over obsess by them, but people usually aren't obsessed by them when they happen. They obsess when they're writing the thing like, well, I can't do this because what if I get bad reviews? I'm like, that's not in your control. (laughs) What other people think is none of your business. So let them think what they want. So don't worry about what they think. It's about what you think. So that's really hard, though, because people will stop writing. Like you said, they won't do the next blog post or podcast. I know I wanted to quit after the first 10 episodes of my podcast, and here I am five years later. I don't, I don't even look how many downloads I get. Cause honestly, I don't care. I, I, I care that people listen, but if I get in my head when everyone's posting their downloads, like, Oh, I'm terrible. So I don't even look, Yeah. <laughs> but I get to interview some of the biggest, you know, authors in the world, mainly because I have confidence because I don't care if they ask me how many people you have, I go, I don't measure that metrics, but I can promise you will be the best interview you had. And here's why, here's what people have said. They're like, okay. So I don't even worry about those things. That that's something I don't I try not to to entertain because it just plays with your mind. Yeah, I love it. Um I think you know uh content creators should enjoy their time, you know, uh, because uh, if you don't enjoy your time by creating content, that means you can burn out, give up in some time because you can chase some metrics like likes, comments, uh, share, something like this, uh, views. But uh, most content creators, I remember PewDiePie posted a hundred videos uh, to go 285 subscribers on his YouTube channel. Right now, he has uh, hundred and million subscribers. Mr. Beast uh, posted videos uh, a year and a half to get first thousand subscribers. So right now, he has more than 10 million subscribers because these guys enjoy their time. Uh, they don't give up. They just do what they like. And I think it's the same with any content. Uh, yeah, I have true. the final question. Yeah, I have the final question uh, about, uh, let's imagine, you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. What would you do today to learn more about writing books? I think I would have not spent my time worrying that I was doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest mistake is I, I thought I have to do it right. Do it the right way. There is no right way. There's like there's no right way to start a business. There's no right way to be successful as an entrepreneur. 
every entrepreneur has failure. Every entrepreneur has a success that they didn't expect. Every entrepreneur has a different path. And that's true for writers too. If someone tells you this is how you do it, 99% of the time, they're wrong. I always like when people say, this is how I've done it, because that's a better way to say it. There's no right way to do anything. So I think if I would have told myself, you can't be wrong. How do I know? Because if you write a book, you did it right. There is no wrong. Someone could say this book's better because they believe they like this one better, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. Um, we're just used to being judged even by teachers, a good grade, bad grade, right? So we are mm -hmm. terrified to be wrong. The only way to become a better writer is to be a bad one first. So stop worrying about being bad. There's no way. I don't care how educated you are. Your first book can never be your best. So don't try to make it, but your best, just make it the best you can for now. And that's the advice I'd give myself. I give to writers. I'm like the best time to like planting a tree was 20 years ago. And the next best time is now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. you waiting doesn't make it better, right? You think, well, I'll just wait and get better and then I'll write it. I'll, when I know more, I'll write it. Right. That's everyone's excuse. I was like, I know no more now about writing books than when I started, except for every time I take a step forward, I learn something new. So that's my advice to myself. That's my advice to the to listeners as well. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I think, you know, it's better to write a bad book than uh, don't write any book, you know, because of getting experience for me. I don't know. It's hard to count how many times I failed, how many times I uh, made mistakes. I keep doing them, you know, so it's part of, of the life. So just to go ahead, but I can learn from that. So you can write bad book. You can film bad video. You can uh, write a bad article, but you can learn how to improve, develop, innovate and go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Love it. I agree. Uh, yeah, thank you uh, for your time, for sharing all these valuable insights. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, you can learn all about me by going to authorswholead.com. And that's a podcast of the same name. If you want to learn from other authors about how they got their book out of them, uh, the podcast is also called Authors Who Lead. And you can follow me on social media. I respond to all the all the DMs myself, and I love to hear from people. And so, yeah, I look forward to hearing more about what your struggles or challenges are so you can write your book. Nice, nice. Guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Welcome back anytime to share more value. I love it, guys. You need to follow Azul. You need to learn from him. You need to order his services because you can get a lot of valuable insights. Okay, guys. Love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.